This is Ray British. I'm Lewis Weston. Remember, remember, the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason and plot. That is the nursery rhyme that is commonly taught to children throughout the UK. Because today is bonfire night. First up, a history of the gunpowder plot. After Queen Elizabeth I died in 1603, English Catholics who had been persecuted under her rule had hoped that her successor, James I, would be more tolerant of their religion. James I had, after all, a Catholic mother. Unfortunately, James did not turn out to be more tolerant than Elizabeth, and a number of young men, 13 to be exact, died decided that violent action was the answer. A small group took shape under the leadership of Robert Catesby. Catesby felt that violent action was warranted. Indeed, the thing to do was to blow up the Houses of Parliament. In doing so, they would kill the King, maybe even the Prince of Wales, and members of Parliament who were making life difficult for the Catholics. Today, we would label them as extremists or terrorists. To carry out their plan, the group got hold of sixty of 36 barrels of gunpowder and stored them in a cellar just under the House of Lords, which is the building next to the Houses of Parliament. But as the group worked on the plot, it became clear that innocent people would be hurt or killed in the attack, including some people who even fought for more rights for the Catholics. Some of the plotters started having second thoughts. One of the group members even sent an anonymous letter to his friend, Lord Montagil, to stay away from Parliament on the 5th of November. The warning letter reached the King and the King's forces, and the King's forces made plans to stop the group. Guy Fawkes, who was in the cellar of the Parliament with the 36 barrels of gunpowder when the authorities stormed it, in the, stormed it in the early hours of November the 5th, was caught, tortured and executed. It's unclear if the group would have ever been able to pull off their plan to blow up the Houses of Parliament, even if they had not been betrayed. But one thing's for sure, recent, in recent years, people have gone back and tried to recreate what would happen if the plan hadn't foiled and the bowels of gunpowder would have blown up. We now know that everybody in the Houses of Parliament would have died. But we'll never know for certain, because it could have due to different gunpowders and the weather, etc. So it's more than likely, but not. It's definitely possible, but not guaranteed. Even for, period, for the period which was notoriously unstable, gunpowder plots struck a very profound chord for the people of England. In fact, even today, the reigning monarch only enters the Parliament once a year on what is called the State Opening of Parliament prior to the opening, and according to the custom, the Yemen of the Guard searched the cellars of the of the Palace of Westminster. Nowadays, the Queen and Parliament still observe this tradition.
Because this is a special episode, I want to dive a little bit deeper into some aspects of this. Most notably, the letter that was sent to the NMP. The trouble is, though, historians suggest that the king officials already knew about the plot, so the letter wouldn't have even mattered. One of the plotters, in fact, revealed the key points of the plot to the authorities, or so historians believe. Apparently, it was Francis Thresham. There are two fundamental problems when it comes to the letter. Firstly, it was unsigned, so any and all of the group could have saved themselves the torture and perhaps even death if they claimed to have written it. However, none of them did. Not one of the conspirators who was caught appears to have known about the letter. Secondly, the letter was very vague in its content. It said nothing about the details of the planned attack. Still, the king and his men knew exactly where they were. Born in 1567, Thresham was the oldest son of Sir Thomas Thresham and Muriel Throckmorton, and he was part of the group who planned the gunpowder plot. Thresham joined the Earl of Essex's failed rebellion against the government in 1601, for which he was imprisoned. But by the time he got out, the gunpowder plot group came along. So Thresham had a history of violence and acting out against the government and the crown at the time. Thresham died on the 23rd of December 1605 in London. So now you know the history behind Bonfire Night. What do we actually do to mark the occasion? Well, the tradition of lighting bonfires began the very same year. The plot was foiled between the night of the 4th and the 5th of November 1605. Already on the 5th, aggregated Londoners who knew little more than that the king had been saved joyfully lit bonfires in thanksgiving. As the years progressed, however, the ritual became a bit more elaborate. Soon, people began placing little dolls on top of the bonfire, and fireworks were added to the celebrations. These dolls were generally of Guy Fawkes, and sometimes the Pope. And still today, some communities throw dolls of both Guy Fawkes and the Pope onto the bonfire. The gesture is seen by most as a quirky tradition rather than an expression of hostility towards the Pope, by the way. On the night itself, Guy is placed on top of the bonfire, which is then set alit, and a fireworks display fills the sky. The extent of the celebrations and size of the bonfire varies from one community to the next. Lewes, in the south-east of England, is famous for its bonfire night's festivities and consistently attracts thousands of people each year to participate. However, Bonfire Night is not only celebrated in Britain. The tradition crossed oceans 
and establish itself in the British colonies during the days of the British Empire. It is actively celebrated in New England as Pope Day as late as the 18th century. Today, November 5th bonfires still light up in far-out places like New Zealand and Newfoundland in Canada. To end out this episode, here are a few quick facts about bonfire night that you might not know. Fireworks travel at speeds up to 150 miles an hour, which is the cruising speed of some planes. The word bonfire was originally banfairy, a large open-air fire on which bones are burnt, until 19. 19- 59, it was illegal not to celebrate bonfire night here in the UK. Fireworks originated in China during the Han Dynasty between the years of 206 to 220 BC when bamboo roots were thrown on fires creating air pockets that exploded. They were used to scare away evil spirits. You can be fined £5,000 if you're caught throwing a firework, and if three sparklers burn together, they will emit the same heat as a blowtorch that is used to join metal. And with that, we have reached the end of this episode. If you want to email with comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can use the email address very British podcast all one word at gmail dot com next Sunday the twelfth of November here in the UK is Remembrance Sunday. So a Remembrance Sunday special I feel is in order. And so, until then, I want you to have a terrific week and have a good time celebrating Bonfire Night or not.